Are the events we are experiencing in our world today evidence we live in the last days? Learn more on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs along with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we're glad to be with you today. As our nation and our world faces pandemic and upheaval, many are asking whether we are nearing the last days. And to answer, we are joined today by our good friend, Bill Salas. Bill is the author of numerous books on Bible prophecy, including his latest called The Final Prophecies. So we'll dive right in today. And Bill, thank you for joining us today on A View from the Wall. Great. Thanks for having me back. I love being on your program. Well, we enjoy having you, and I know you were with us uh, last. You're talking about your book, The Last Prophecies, and so these two books are kind of familiar in some ways, The Last Prophecies and now The Final Prophecies, and we'll start off with a discussion of that. What are the differences between these two books that you have out now? Well, these are books in an end-time series that go take the reader between now and the unfulfilled prophecies, try to chronologically order them until the second coming of Jesus Christ and try to put them into an, an order, that sequence order that we think is realistic. And there's a whole bunch of them. So the first book was now, what could happen at the present time. Then there was the next prophecies, which had a few preconditions. Now prophecies lacked any preconditions. They could actually happen They'd be relatively imminent. But then I wanted to get into write a third book, which turned out to be two more books, the last and the final, because there's just too much going on. These are now covering the tribulation period. So the tribulation period breaks into the first half, first three and a half years, then you got a midpoint with all kinds of things going on, then you got a second half, which has got a whole bunch more going on. So there's just no way to put those into the, uh, the, the series on their own in one book. I had to split them into two. So the last Prophecies book talks about the prophecies in the first half of the Tribulation. You get into the, the signs and the lying wonders of Second Thessalonians, the global religion of the harlot of mystery Babylon, the 144,000 Jewish witnesses, the Hebrew evangelists, worldwide Christian revival. You get into the Tribulation saints and that sort of thing. Um, the Jewish temple, the third Jewish temple, the two witnesses, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments. I mean, you can see why that all had to go into its own book, the Ten Kings, etc. Then we get into the midpoint and the second half of the tribulation. That's why I wrote the final prophecies. That book's called The Final Prophecies, The Prophecies in the Last Three and a Half Years of the Tribulation. And in those, you've got the Ten Kings right at the midpoint. The Ten Kings are desolating the harlot world religion. Satan is losing a war in heaven and being cast down to the earth with a third of his angels. Uh, there's the death and resurrection of the Antichrist, a really big deal, which is what causes the world to start to marvel and worship him and the beast, the dragon and the beast, the Antichrist. And you got the annulment of the false covenant at the midpoint of the tribulation, the abomination of desolation when the Antichrist goes into the temple. He desecrates the third temple. He shows himself as God, exalts himself above with all that is called God. And then he comes out and begins the campaign of Jewish genocide. And he has the false prophet now emerge on the scene and the introduction of the mark of the beast. That's just in the midpoint of the tribulation. That would almost be like a book on its own. Right. But we still have to go into the second half. you got the woman of the wilderness, Revelation 12, the, the Jewish remnant. The seven bowl judgments, and those those pour out. These, this is God's wrath is completed in the bowl judgments. We're told there's loathsome sores come out on the mark, people who take the mark of the beast at the first bowl. 
sea turns to blood and the sea life dies at the second bowl. Fresh waters are turned to blood. Scorching heat come upon men who continue to curse God, God and blaspheme God. Then the fifth bowl, sixth bowl, and seventh bowl are huge. This is when God climactically concludes it. The beast, the Antichrist throne is struck and, the, and his kingdom becomes dark, which I believe is a global darkness that shuts down his economy. I explain why I say that in the book. Then you have the kings of the east crossing the dried up Euphrates with these three frog-like demons. Who are they? We have to kind of cover that in the book. And then they're creating signs and wonders that lead the armies of the world to come to fight against God at Armageddon. And then the final one is this, the seventh bowl. We have a great earthquake, the biggest earthquake in man's history. Cities are falling, mountains are toppling, islands are separating from their base, they're fleeing. Yep. <laughs> it's unbelievable what is coming, you guys. Now, the church won't be here for that. That's that's our consolation. But people we know and love will be here for that because I think we're that deep into the end times. And we're trying to let them know now, don't put off your decision for Jesus Christ. Right. You mentioned the telltale signs of the end times. Of course, we've been living in the end times according to biblical definition from the time Jesus and Paul said that. But you mentioned three specific telltale signs of the end times. Talk about those. Yeah, because, you know, when you opened the show with us talking about the latter days, the latter years, the time of the end, these are scriptural expressions of the biblical end times, which is a central theme within the Bible. And from a prophetic perspective, we can pretty much know we are deep into the end times at this point. We had the first telltale sign was in 1948 when the rebirth of the nation of Israel fulfilled so many prophecies that came out of even Deuteronomy 30 and Isaiah 11 and Ezekiel 36. I mean, there's well over a dozen prophecies that clearly were fulfilled or at least partially fulfilled. Some of them are still uh, manifesting. Uh, with the rebirth of the nation of, of Israel. And some of those even put us in, tell us when that happened, like in Ezekiel 38, tells us that would actually uh, correlate with the end times. So it says here, like I'll read one verse uh, along this particular first telltale sign, Ezekiel 38, 7. It says, after many days, you, which would be a coalition of invaders, Magog invaders that come against Israel, will be visited in the latter years. You will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They, the Jews, were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. So you see, not only are we told that the rebirth of Israel is the fulfillment of prophecy, numerous prophecies, but it also correlates when that happens with the latter years, the end times. So that's one of the top telltale signs. The other one is the convergence of all the end time signs. You know, we can. there's no... National relationship that's not formed or forming. There's no technology that hasn't been developed or weapon that hasn't been fashioned that couldn't rapidly accelerate the fulfillment of all end times biblical prophecies. So we're seeing these all things all stage set and come together so rapidly. We're going, well, this is another telltale sign. It's the convergence of the end times as all these signs are coming. How can we, how can we miss that? And then the last one, which I think is really important is we're starting to see the technologies that will probably be employed by the Antichrist and the false prophet to implement their cashless global economy in Revelation chapter 13 with the mark of the beast, so the cryptocurrencies, the national digital currencies, the blockchain technologies, the global digital ID have connections with the mark of the beast. So if we see that developing, and that is actually happening in the midpoint of the tribulation, which we're not there yet, we're seeing that develop already. It's, it's telling us if that's what they're going to employ, and that's about to be implemented on a worldwide basis, and maybe we'll have a little time to talk about that in this program, 
that is, so it's like the example Chuck Missler used to say, a great prophecy teacher, when you see certain signs, like the example would be, when you go to the mall and you see the Christmas decorations being set up, you realize that Thanksgiving is just around the corner. The point is, when you see things that could happen in the middle of the tribulation developing on the world scene, that means the other prophecies that must precede that must be really ready and poised to happen. And that's it's exciting for us guys who are studying this stuff, but this is real stuff. This is real pedal to the metal. Real people are going to be affected by the kind of prophecies that we talk about. Well, we've covered so much, and this is powerful information, Bill. We're going to take a quick break, but stay with us for more here on A View from the Wall. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. About 3,000 years ago, a teenage boy named Jonathan and a friend came across the camp of an enemy army. Hundreds were there. Jonathan said to his friend, let's go get them. And they did, and had the victory, and this is why. Number one, Jonathan was not doing what he wanted to do. He was doing what God wanted him to do. And here's the truth. Those who follow God's leading will find it leads to blessing. Number two, Jonathan knew the prophecies and promises in the word. He proclaimed, nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And that's a paraphrase of Moses' prophetic promise in the book of Leviticus. Jonathan knew the word, claimed its promises, followed God's leading, and found the victory. And you can too. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. Iamawatchman.com Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan and Joe, and as we continue our discussion with author Bill Salas today and his book, The Final Prophecies, we're going to dive into some of the key topics of the last days. In our last segment, we talked about three signs of the end times, one of those being the rebirth of Israel and how that's come into play in this past century. We talked again about the convergence of signs in the end times and also about some of the technologies. For example, even now, we have the European Union talking about this discussion of a digital currency. And so, we are very close to seeing the fulfillment of many of the things that will happen during the tribulation, which is yet to come. But we also want to talk about the characters of the tribulation time. So, Bill, take a moment, if you would, and define who these characters are in the last days, the false prophet, the beast, and the Antichrist. Who are they, and what do they do? Well, the the beast and the Antichrist technically are usually considered one and the same, but he emerges uh, and, and the seal judgments, the first white horseman of the seal judgment. So you have the seal judgments that happens usually right around the first half of the tribulation. Then you got the trumpet judgment, seven of each. And then you got the bowl judgments, which happened in the second half of the tribulation. So he comes on the scene right out the gate. Satan puts his point man, the Antichrist, the beast, the serpent seed. He's got all these different names, the lawless one. So he becomes a world-respected political leader, actually puts a covenant together with between Israel and it says the many in Daniel 9.27 that starts the seven-year tribulation period. It's not the rapture of the church that starts that period. It's actually the confirmation of this covenant. So he's got to be on the scene. He shows up as a white horseman in Revelation chapter 6, and then he builds this relationship with the harlot world religion. It says that the harlot, the global religion, Revelation 17, Mystery of Babylon, that it's sitting on the beast and that he is carrying her in those verses to her height. So he's playing second fiddle for a little while in the first half of the tribulation in the subordinate position in this unholy church and state alliance with the harlot world religion. But at the midpoint of the tribulation, 
he has his ten kings that he's established at that time to rule over the world. They they hate and desolate the harlot. We find on Revelation seventeen sixteen. At which point now he becomes front and center. That happens at the midpoint of the tribulation, which is also going on at that point as the dragon is fighting a war in heaven with Michael and the archangels at the midpoint. And he loses, the devil loses, gets cast down to the earth, cannot return back to heaven. So when he comes down to the earth with his bad guys, fallen angels, they hook up with the Antichrist who has received a mortal head wound. We're told in Revelation 13, three different places. He is resurrected. The world is marveling. He goes to Jerusalem. He does several things in Jerusalem. But he, at that point now, when he's done his trip to Jerusalem, he, he picks up this hitchhiker I call the false prophet, Revelation 13, who is promoting the worship of the Antichrist. He's implementing the cashless economy, the mark of the beast. They're building an image. He says, let us build an image to the beast. The false prophet's involved in that. He does signs and lying wonders. And they implement the mark of the beast where no one can buy or sell while consumerism and other things are happening at that point. No one can buy or sell unless they take this mark that they implement, which I believe, and many of us believe now, talks about a cashless economy and a technology that is in the makings right now with cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies. The Mark of the Beast is one of those highlights of Revelation that's been the subject of everything from movies to the current discussions about whether it alters your DNA, is it a tattoo, all kinds of things. Talk about that in a little more detail, Bill. What is the Mark of the Beast, and, and how is worship of Satan involved in that? Because that's always been one of his goals, to be worshipped ever since the fall. Right. So the Mark of the Beast, it, it, it starts with no one can buy or sell unless they take the Mark of the Beast. Okay, so... And you can't really have a cashless economy at that point because people could still buy and sell and do things underground or that sort of thing. This is a system whereby it must be a technology, in my estimation, whereby he can now monitor all consumerism, all uh, aspects about humanity. He can't. He's not omnipresent, but he can track everybody. He's, and those kind of technologies exist, and they're rapidly developing. We're talking more than a credit card or a debit card. We're talking about digital dollars, uh, You know, no more cash. You know, it's, it's amazing when you think about it. I asked this question in the book, is mankind who has operated on a worldwide basis in a cash and fiat currency environment for thousands of years suddenly going to abandon this proven system to embrace a new electronic monetary means for globalized buying and selling? And I believe the answer is yes. So how soon? And what is the technology? We have to ask ourselves. And what we see developing on the horizon right now is the coronavirus system headlines. It just came out during this COVID-19 thing talking about how rapidly this move toward cryptocurrencies and digital dollars is developing, says is the coronavirus killing off cash, political uh, article on April 17th of 2020. Tech terms see the opportunity they've been waiting for as shoppers and business recoil from paper money because the virus can be carried on this, this cash, right? I mean, I got a whole list of headlines going through, but when we, get, when we start to realize, I have three chapters devoted on the mark of the beast in the book. One is, you know, what is the introduction to it? Two is what is the global economy and what is the uh, the, the religious aspects of the market of the beast because it's got those things going on as well. But here's a couple more quick headlines for your viewers to, to grip them as to what's going to develop on the horizon. Probably mass adoption on a global level within the next decade, if not sooner. Visa files patent for cryptocurrency system to replace cash. That's the Bitcoin article that came out in August of 2020. Uh, Cryptocurrency examiners saying it could be the next step in the evolution of money. Let, let me explain what cryptocurrencies are for your viewers real quickly. A cryptocurrency is a digital currency in which encryption techniques are used to regulate the generation of units of currency 
and verify the transfer of funds operating independently of the central bank. And this means that it is decentralized. And this is why you're going to find countries that are already doing this. We've got the USA, UK, France, Russia, Israel, Canada, India, Japan, South Korea, Dubai, and there's a list of probably about 30 that are rapidly chasing down the ability to have the better Bitcoin, the, the cryptocurrency, which is what the Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency to do this because they are concerned that these cryptocurrencies, which Visa is going to come up with and PayPal is looking for, are going to, they're going to lose control of the monetary, the central banks can lose control of the money supply in their countries. So they're rapidly racing to get these cryptocurrencies so that they can now replace cash, credit cards, and debit cards because it's much more efficient, less costly, and you can use it in a blockchain technology where you can do so much more than even that. You can, you won't, uh, I'll just give you a real quick quote. Uh, you can obtain your own digital identification that connects you to all available global services that will likely, at some place in time, such as universal healthcare, universal basic income, global banking, world travel, public education, and more. This is what's all going to be wrapped up in the cryptocurrencies with the blockchain technologies that facilitate that. Digital dollars need a digital system to monitor it, the new electronic cash register. Well, this is some fascinating information, but what does this mean for us today? Don't go away. We'll discuss applications when we return here on A View from the Wall. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the Rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord, plus a number of video and audio teachings all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. In our final segment today with prophecy author and expert Bill Salas, we want to talk about some of the ways Bible prophecy impacts how we live here and now today. Well, there's so much we can learn from the end times, and we've been discussing some of that today with Bill Salas, but we also care about how these topics influence us here and now. So, Bill, if you would, what are some ways the end times should change how we apply our faith in our current situation? Well, I actually think it's very important for people to you know, we're all here with the secular worldview. We get to this on the news, and a lot of it's fake. Right. And that's of concern. But we also have a biblical narrative. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about the times in which we live, which then tells us about the prophetic perspective. So a Christian should not go stumbling through life in these times, simply just relying on a secular worldview. At least they should get a hold of their Bible, read it, and understand how they should behave, you know, doctrinally and, and with their lifestyle. But they should also understand what the Bible predicted would happen in these final times. About 26.8% of the Bible is devoted to our biblical predictions, of which 
a lot of those have happened, but we've got still probably over a thousand verses or so in the Bible of unfulfilled prophecies that are really all about our time and the end times. And when they start to happen, they're going to roll off their parchments and pound down on the pavement, and they're not going to give a break to anybody, and they're going to have a global impact. So when we see, we talk about these cryptocurrencies and these technologies that are being developed, we have to realize, hey, listen, we're, we're probably in those days, deep into those days. So what I would say to Christians right now, you know, first of all, we believe, I, I know on your show, you too, that we believe that Jesus is going to come soon in a rapture and whisk us up into the clouds to be with him forever. And that is our blessed hope, and that's exciting. But we, we're we going in the first cut. We're going in the rapture, but there are people we know and love who are going to get left behind who have not made that decision. So we can, yes, we can evangelize, but we can also evangelize through eschatology, which is the study of the last days through Bible prophecy. That's kind of what I'm, I felt called to do with my ministry is to you know tell people what the Bible says about the days in which we live and then say use that as, as a tool to turn them into understanding that God is real, He loves them, He wants them to know this information, not because He's trying to show off or impress them, but because He wants to inform them as a loving Father about what's coming. So we have to have people get interested in the biblical predictive aspects, the prophetic perspective about what's going on, because things that are going on in the Middle East have been other stage setting for biblical predictions about to find fulfillment. I read one of them briefly in the other segment about in the last days there's going to be an invasion of Israel by the Gog of Magog that's in Ezekiel chapter 38. You know, this is really important information that we can, one, use to prepare and equip our lives for the way we steward ourselves and our funds and our finances, but also in a way so that we can actually share God with people, Jesus Christ with people through biblical prophecy. Bill, I'm glad you pointed out that end times discussions and eschatology affect how we live here and now. We have a lot of our listeners who are watchmen and women. They live to watch, warn, witness, and seek to finish well in these last days. So we always like to conclude the program by giving our guests an opportunity to speak directly to those watchmen and women. What's the word for them? Yes, and, and we kind of did that just briefly. So let's take that to the next level. What what is all these signs and these prophecies that God has given us in the Bible? What do they mean to us presently at this time? You know, when we can we get into it, there's a lot of people are interested in knowing what's going on in the world right now. You know, did the Bible have something to say about what's going on in the pandemic and you know, this sort of thing? And what's going to be what what does the future hold for me? And we're seeing things on on the radar. So, for instance, you know, recently Israel just struck Syria again, you know, near Damascus. Um, you know, there's a prophecy dealing with Damascus. It says in Isaiah 17, Damascus will cease from being a city. It'll be a ruinous heap. It shows us in Isaiah 17, verse 9, that the Israeli defense forces appear to be what causes the destruction of Damascus. So all of a sudden you can take a topic that they might have interest in in the Middle East or something, and you can say, did you know that someday Damascus is no longer going to exist, according to an ancient prophecy written by Isaiah, you know, about 20, 800 years back or whatever? And, and they go, I didn't know that. So you, see, you can, now you need to take this information and be able to blend it into your conversation so they can start to get the biblical narrative and the prophetic perspective, which they're otherwise not getting. Even if they're not believers, they need to know that this is available uh, information for them to have and to know. And, of course, that will ultimately get them more and more connected to God. And that's sort of where I come from at this point. Is if we don't have a lot of time left, there's got to be an urgency to evangelize to people. Because what I've been writing in these books, the last prophecies and the final prophecies, you don't want even your worst enemy to experience these judgments that are forthcoming. You don't want, let alone your family member, your neighbor, someone in your sphere of influence, 
Because that's where they're headed if they don't make their decision for Jesus Christ before he comes to get us in the rapture. So we have to redeem the time and try to live through the days in which we live. But you don't want to go through these days without having an urgency to try to evangelize the people. And you don't have to be Billy Graham or Franklin Graham to do that. The Lord is going to put you into certain circumstances where you simply just need to be able to know a little bit about what to talk about. And that's why you want to get these kind of books and things like that. You want to educate yourself on these prophecies so that you can have, enter into that conversation with a very comprehensive understanding of what's going on in the world. Well, I really appreciate your emphasis on urgency as we live in these last days, that it's not just about us living faithfully in these last days, but also to share our faith with everyone we can using Bible prophecy, using the testimony God has given us. And we thank you so much for being with us here today. For those who'd like to know more about your book, The Final Prophecies, or more information about your ministry, where should they go online to get more? Well, the best place to go is to my uh, website, which is prophecydepot.com, prophecydepot, like homedepot.com. You can sign up for our, uh, we have a newsletter that we have there. We give email newsletters that we keep you updated on, current events and my articles and interviews. We have a YouTube channel we're starting to build. You can click on that and subscribe. And we also have a daily newsstand where we look at the world events through the prophetic lens, and you can connect on that from our website. That's prophecyheadlines.com. Every day we got new information on there that we believe is biblically relevant that's going on in the world. Well, you heard it here, folks. There's a lot of information, much more than we're able to cover today, and we've had discussion just about a little of one of his books, and there's so much more, so we encourage you to go there and get the information. Bill, thanks again for being with us today, and to all of our listeners, we want to thank you for sharing your time with us here on this program. You can stream this episode and catch all of our segments at IamAWatchman.com. And we do want to encourage you, when you go to IamAWatchman.com, we have this resource called The Rapture Kit. And if you would, take a moment to check that out because it has a tremendous number of resources that can encourage you as well as for those that you love, your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, and others to prepare them for the coming of the Lord. So we thank you again for being with us. Join us next time here on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am A Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.